So I was in Denver mm-hmm. leaving the game after the Jazz play the Nuggets. And yep. it's a, I'm walking to my hotel. It's somewhere between like 1230 and 1 a.m. And I hear like some yelling from a, a man coming from the distance. I mean, there's like no one around. There's a bunch of parking lots and then like a freeway. And then on the other side of the freeway, a bunch of like larger apartment buildings. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, I'm like, oh, okay. Like man screaming in the night at himself. Not the most unusual thing I've heard. Right. And I can't really make out what he's saying, but he's definitely the only one screaming. And then as I get closer to my hotel and maybe a little bit closer to the apartment buildings, what I hear is, period, and we're once in your f***ing life, will you please care about someone else? Exclamation point. Exclamation point. So this man was, was screaming. Was Mike at- Malone? Yeah, still <laughs> celebrating the championship. Denver Nugget fans win one title and go the off the rails. Voice to text. That's at amazing. That, at that level, made me laugh so hard that I almost peed myself. At one a.m. At one a.m. <laughs> In a crowded apartment complex. Yes. That that rules. It what was a guy. Incredible. So. Um, yeah, my advice to this man in Denver, uh, if he should ever hear this, is it's not worth it, man. <laughs> just dumper. Yeah, just dump or her. him or yeah, or whomever. Him. Whomever that person is not worth it. You don't need to be voice to texting that loud. <laughs> totally agree. Yeah. Anyways, let's do the show. Sure. Why not? Hello, hello, and welcome to Unsalvageable, a Utah jazz podcast with me, Sarah Todd, jazz beat reporter for the Deseret News, and as always, my co-host, Greg Foster. Uh, Greg, uh, James Harden and Russell Westbrook are back again. Uh, I would like to just take this moment right now and offer my sincere congratulations to the Los Angeles Clippers organization for building a roster that would be the most likely to win the 2015 title. Yes, correct. Um, Clippers are hilarious. Like they're, they're becoming one of my favorite franchises out of just sheer hilarity and that, like, all I really care about when it comes to the NBA is uh, jokes and chaos. And I'm going to get both with that franchise. Well, I, you're definitely they are. They do have the number one owner who screams about toilets. Uh, <laughs> here he is. Toilets. Eleven hundred sixty toilets and urinals. Three times the NBA average number of toilets and urinals. We do not want people waiting in line. We want them to get back to their damn seats uh, at the end of the half before the game. Clocks. I like at the end when he says clocks. 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 (laughs) You know what needs? There needs to be a super cut of uh, Steve Ballmer juxtaposed with uh, Donald Trump riffing about having to flush a toilet 10 to 15 times. (laughs) Juxtaposed with a man screaming in the night in Denver. (laughs) For once in your life, think of someone other than yourself. I need an economy-sized toilet. 
father oh man i like don't understand the i have to assume my dog just started barking after i started yelling (laughs) i have to assume that bomber is like because you know he had he had that thing where he was like um telling fans that he if you would stay in the seat from tip off till the end of the game he was going to give a fan ten thousand dollars because like the clippers were just trying to get people in seats in seats uh they had clipper vision they thought they were going to get some revenue from their streaming service it has horrible numbers and they're like not making any money on that and like if Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Russell Westbrook aren't bringing the fans in, like I don't understand why you think James Harden is going to do it. Yeah, uh, noted fan favorite. Yeah, <laughs> James Harden, known affable character, <laughs> known beloved basketball player. I mean, he'll bring the dancers in. Yeah, he I mean, most certainly will. <laughs> Jordan Poole has circled that game. There will be so many baddies. <laughs> That's the that is the yitty game on the schedule. <laughs> uh, yeah, I honestly great job by the Sixers. Um, I'm surprised that it took them that long to get out of the James Harden business. And yep. I think that they actually Daryl Morey has been a total up uh recently and uh for him to actually make good and i think they got a good deal out of it great job by the sixers i think they did terribly (laughs) i mean they did okay i would have been a lot happier for the sixers had they gotten either terrence mann or norm powell uh but i still think they made out all right uh they're such a worse team than they were like are they, they had to give up James. They had to give up PJ Tucker. Like PJ yeah. Tucker is ninety four years yeah, old. I, sure, I really. I just I don't. That, the, this like they're punting on a guy who has like a like a hurt body in the middle of his prime. Like they're punting a year. Like that's bad. I mean, I think that they punted that before this year like just knowing that the james harden situation was going to end up like this like they they already gave up because it's not i don't think that they were going to get better right but if they traded him this summer before james harden was going to hong kong and calling the gm a liar they could have gotten something better like yeah, i mean agree like robert yeah. covington being the best player like I don't think I think this is like a huge bungle. Like I I mean it's an absolute bungle in the sense that like they waited to do it. But since they waited to do it, I I did not think they were going to come out looking this good after waiting. Yeah, I guess what that's I'm saying. fair. I yeah. just think it's like a total and the guy still has a painting of James Harden in his house that he has to look at every so day. So weird. So weird. <laughs> and then can we I will say the one thing that I am most excited about is your the, the Sixers are finally handing the keys to Tyrese Maxey, who was fun and right. I think it might actually be kind of good. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to see where Joel Embiid ends up. It won't be Philadelphia. Yeah. I mean, no. they're telling him we're going to get Zach Levine and OG Ananobi, and like those guys are good players, but that's not. That's not beating the that's Celtics. That's not stay in Philadelphia. That's not Damian Lillard and uh, Giannis, Giannis and, and like Brooke what? Lopez and Chris yeah. Middleton. 
Yeah. And the I think and that's the part where the bungle comes in, right? Like had they done this deal earlier and actually got a package that they could ship out and maybe later trade for players like that. Sure. Yeah. But like, what are they going to give up to get Zach Levine now? Like what what does that well, package even look like from the Sixers? Picks now, like bad picks. Great. Bad picks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I think obviously this should have been done sooner. It should have been done better. But I think just getting out of the James Harden business gives them a better chance than they had before. Because I think no matter how much anyone wants to say like, oh, it wasn't a distraction. Like the players say all that, like, you know, we're just focused on who's here in the building. Right. Like that's a huge distraction for a team. Like everybody's thinking about it. The guys are constantly talking about it. So. And if I have to. Oh, go ahead. Just having it be over is good. Yeah. And I I mean, if I'm going to reach deep into my silver lining bag, I guess the best availability or best ability is availability. Absolutely. So at least like you have some guys who are going to be on the court playing basketball. Yeah. None of them play guard. Yeah. They don't have a they single have... guard. They have Tyrese Maxey. That's and Kelly Oubre is their starting shooting guard. Like. Good. That makes me feel good. Yeah, like every every single player on their bench is a center or a f- small ball center. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. It really feels like Philadelphia, outside of Embiid and Maxi, is just the island of misfit toys. And you yeah. didn't even have the decency to trade for Con Corkmaz. Um, yeah, he's been <laughs> asking for a trade for two years, more than hey, two years. Th- th- I mean, he's a shooting guard, right? No, not I, really. I mean, <laughs> in theory. <laughs> in theory. Listen, we're gonna we're gonna go on a pinch here. Um, yeah, I guess my my congratulations is to the Sixers for getting out of the James Harden business. My condolences to the Sixers fans. Um for having seen a team that could be squandered. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm just gonna say it one last time. They had Jimmy Butler. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What the? F- I I hate Daryl Morey. They've got Tobias Harris. It worked out great. Tobias On to Harris, the Jazz. by the way, who I should mention, <laughs> sorry, is no, a good player who is constantly being scapegoated there because they refuse to play him at his actual good position, which is the four, um, <laughs> and because they refused to put him in a position to be like the third or fourth option yeah, <laughs> yeah. they they're convinced he's a small forward and like and it's he's just a number two like guy. they hate him yeah <laughs> yeah they had jimmy butler yeah a solid number two guy mm-hmm. they also had marco bellinelli <laughs> they did go yeah um <laughs> uh, all right ursan iliasova mm-hmm <laughs> On to the Jazz. Let's, yeah, let's remember some guys. <laughs> <laughs> I love to remember guys. Uh, the Jazz have played five games. They're two and three. Um, just before we get into kind of how some of these games have gone, for a team that is clearly not a title contender, which we all knew going into this, uh-huh. and a team that like really has some familiarity and chemistry like hurdles that they have to go through, to start the season 
the murderer's row of the Sacramento Kings, the Los Angeles Clippers, the Phoenix Suns, and the Denver Nuggets to start out the season, like, that's rough. rough. <laughs> that's really rough. Yeah, and that's why, like, I just don't put a whole lot of stock into, like, a one-and-three start when you consider. No. Like, I mean, those those could very well be the top four teams in the West. Yes. Like and, that. like, we've established that the Utah Jazz are not a top four team. Right. And so I don't it doesn't bother me that much that they, you know, they're they're losing to the Suns or to Denver. Uh, what would bother me is like if they were to open up the season one and three and were playing teams like the Minnesota Timberwolves and the New Orleans Pelicans and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Like those are the teams I have marked on the schedule that like those are the teams you have to beat because those are ultimately the teams that you are going to be competing with when it comes to playoff positioning. Yeah. And I think uh, the most recent game uh, last night, we're recording this on Thursday. Uh, they're playing the Magic tonight. They played the Grizzlies last night, and I think going into that game, that was like, okay, if they struggle at all in this game, mm -hmm. we ha we have bigger problems to talk about. And they didn't. They blew them out easily by like thirty points. So yeah, most uh, uh, most points ever given up in a half by the Grizzlies. Perfect. Exactly. Uh, uh, most three pointers ever missed. Yeah, by the Grizzlies in a single game. Shout out to our friend uh, Keith Parrish of uh, Fast Break Breakfast and Grits and Grind. He was kind of going through it. He's Poor really guy. Going through it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout out to our friend and producer, Joey Devine, uh, who said that the Grizzlies were going to be okay. <laughs> I, look, I, I'm allowed to be wrong sometimes, and I was wrong on this one. Uh, I do I've been seem right on the jazz though i will say yeah i've um, been i've been significantly wrong thus far about the dallas mavericks oh uh, well, well yeah we'll see about that yeah i mean um, like i said we're we're a week into the season mm -hmm. you know this time last year the jazz were the best team in the nba so correct yeah and, and also change. i've been dead right about the only team i actually care about so <laughs> yeah that's true the warriors um, do look pretty yeah they're pretty good. awesome yeah they're really good <laughs> yeah um, yeah, the, I think if we want to talk about kind of, uh, let's go, let's go through some not so great stuff for the jazz, right? Um, John Collins has looked very good on the offensive end, um, crashing mm -hmm. the glass. He's clearly still a lob threat. He's as springy and athletic as ever. Everything is looking okay. The shots coming along. He's just getting used to his spots, uh, on the defensive end, man, he is confused. Mm -hmm. he he and i that's not something that i'm worried about because he is learning a completely new system and he's doesn't have a lot of time to do it right but also he's just never been a good like he's never gonna be like a a really good defensive player i don't think like, i expect yeah. for him to be like a lockdown yeah. defender but like i expect for him to know where he's supposed to be exactly yeah and <laughs> he has not accomplished that yet <laughs> so uh that's that's not great but i if we're talking about the same exact thing with him in game 20 that's a problem uh game four five that's fine he has however i know we're only five games into the season but he does seem to be just like incrementally more comfortable every game yes uh on both sides of the ball so it, i i would assume that trend is going to continue uh 
the, the rebounding for me has been the number one thing. That was something coming into the season that I think we all had some uh, anxieties about, and he's really been a huge boon. Yeah, it's nice to have three very large men uh, who are capable of cleaning the glass as your friend. Yeah, and to for most of the time, you have two of either Walker, Lowry, John, Kelly on the floor at all times and like also the guards have been crashing very well like Mm -hmm. and so the rebounding has been very good um another good thing out of these games Keontae George is good just like he can hoop yep yeah he can hoop yeah the it's kind of like you know you want to build a big mansion and you've you've got the foundation and you've got like the raw materials. Now you just have to kind of put it all together. But uh, he's a lot further along than I would have expected when the Jazz drafted him. Yeah, I'm like I'm more and more. am just believing that Baylor needed some guys to make some shots. And that's why he ended up with a negative assist to turnover ratio, because he can pass. The, he is a very good passer because it's college basketball and nobody yes. can shoot. Yes. Um. And so I'm he exactly as you said, he is farther along than I expected. And I think he's that fun. He's very fun. Um, He has been put into a couple positions uh, in the last couple of games where like Taylor Horton Tucker got into foul trouble. I think that was against Phoenix and he had like a flagrant. And so mm-hmm. he had to leave early in the second half. And Will brought in Keontae to play with the starters in places. So it was Keontae, Jordan, Lowry, Walker, John, which is exactly the lineup you want to see Keontae playing with to see how he plays. And uh, just great stuff out of him. And I wanted so badly for him to just play the rest of the game. And he almost did. But Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm just so impressed with him. And at this point, I feel like he is really forcing the hand of the coaching staff. And there is going to be, (laughs) Greg is very happy. There's going (laughs) to be a point. And I think, I mean, based on like the conversations I've had and like my understanding of like how the jazz are trying to approach this, there is going to be a point where like, they know Keontae's good, right? They Mm -hmm. know that they need like a true point guard and he has clearly stepped out as that guy. What needs to happen is the trust of, Lowry Markinen, Walker Kessler, John Collins, Jordan Clarkson, like the guys that really matter on the team. He needs to have their trust. And then it needs to be like so blatantly obvious that guys like Taylor and Colin have been given an opportunity. And even with ample opportunity, it is obvious to everyone on the team the shift that needs to happen. And because I don't think that the Jazz want to just like say like, oh, Taylor, sit down, Keontae, you're starting and have people upset and thinking that they didn't get a chance, you know? Yeah. And so I think I think a lot of this is locker room management, but there yeah. is going to be a point and it feels like it's probably sooner rather than later when Will Hardy is just going to have to put Keontae in the starting lineup. Yeah. I mean, well, and I would I would go as far to say that the Jazz have a plethora of talent on this team and they have, you know, a very established star at this point in Larry Markinen and you know, have the capability of of winning games. However, I do believe that the the biggest sore spot on this team is point guard play. And the Jazz are only going to go as far as their point guards can take them. And it's becoming more and more apparent that Keontae is 
going to be the best guard on the lineup. And if this is the season that still is about like chemistry and cohesion and development, well, then I think the choice is, is pretty obvious. He's also probably like the one, I guess, like true point guard that you have on the roster. Right. I mean, he's the only actual point guard on the roster. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. And, uh, like, it's. I mean, the writing THT is on the is wall. not a point guard. I he's don't know not. why the Jazz keep playing him at a point guard, but he's not they a point guard. They do it guard. to make me mad. <laughs> well, I mean, the problem. The problem it's a with THT, The problem with Talon is that, like, physically, he'd be better suited to play at a two, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he can't shoot. He like, can't shoot the ball. I mean, if you're gonna shoot the ball at like a twenty nine percent clip over a season, like that's not gonna cut it. You can't play at the two like that. Yeah. And so taking him away from like some spot up threes and trying to get him to like organize the team was the other option. And like hoping that he's so young and like he's so long and like he could possibly be defensively gifted that it could work out. And the experiment is just not working. Yeah. And, well, so- and what's funny is I love Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn is a great role player, but like. The reason this is Chris Dunn's like fourth team in three years is because he kind of has the same problem at point guard. Like he can't shoot that well. It's bad. It's gotten a lot better, but sure. And he's also he's he's like a three and D guy with the questionable three. Like yeah, the and Hawks we saw signed him... him to play with Trey Young, not as Trey Young's backup. Like right. And right. I think you know he. He was shooting the ball incredibly last season. I mean, and he he'd be the first one to say like he's played like poo poo uh, yeah. through these first games. He also yeah. like hasn't just he just hasn't gotten the minutes. But I think you know the Jazz need wings, but the Jazz have so many small guards mm-hmm. that it's just a log jam right now on the roster. And so like at some point you're gonna have to offload a couple of these guys. And so oh. I think. Help me, OG Ananobi. You're my only hope. <laughs> there's there's going to be a point where it's just not like this. And I think, you know, Will Hardy, the last couple of games, has said that he moved Colin Sexton over to play a little bit more two-guard, which is where Colin Sexton should be. He is like, a shooting guard. He's he a, shooting a shooting guard, guard with guard. a point guard body. Emphasis right. on shooting. Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and like <laughs> He does like to shoot the basketball. And he's good at it. He's a good shooter. Yeah. Um, I, he... I'm pretty sure that he was like shooting above 37% last season. He's shooting it very well right now. And so uh, last night he played mostly at the two. Uh, Most of his stuff was off ball. He finished the game with 23 points. He had like uh, six assists, bunch of rebounds too. It was a very good game. It's much better to see him in that position rather than as the lead guard. Yeah. Um, And so I think that we're slowly, we're slowly seeing some of the shift right and you know will hardy's not a stupid guy like yeah he sees what talon is doing i just i (laughs) cannot i cannot go through the entire season with tht shooting wide open fadeaways with 14 seconds left on the shot clock or driving into the trees uh missing while also missing the roll man yeah. And then not kicking it to the corner where the guy is wide open and it just turns into like a turnover. Yeah. I know like the experiment was to try to get him to uh, up his decision making and his playmaking ability, but it it hasn't happened. And just 
knowing what what has been reported about his mentality and his self-awareness, I have doubts. Yeah. Stranger things have happened. Yep. But uh color me unimpressed these first five games of the season. And that's only compounded by also like just not being a very good defensive player. Yeah. And I think, yeah, everything that you said is absolutely correct. And I, like I said, I think that, I think that sooner rather than later, we're going to be seeing a lot more Keontae rather than Talon. Yeah. Uh, they were, what was it? They were three or four times in the Denver game, especially where it, I almost tore my hair out. A thing I texted you, and one of the one of the things that continues to frustrate me a lot is you do have an elite pick and roll finisher with John Collins. Yeah, he's very good, and Talon misses him more often than not on the rolls, or like mm-hmm. throws a bad pass where, that that can't be gotten. There was one yesterday where like he had back to back. Uh, turnovers, one on a pick and roll with John Collins, and then he throws a uh, a lob over Lowry Markinen's head, and you're just like, this and is you, this and- this should be basic stuff that a starting point guard in the NBA should be able to do. Like these aren't super difficult passes, and you can't help but think about. You know, the perfect lob that Keontae got to John Collins in exactly, the and that's right. the other thing too is like. It's even in these first five games and in preseason, uh, Keontae has already shown that he's a better passer and better playmaker. Yeah. And And I I also just love Keontae's mentality. Like he is very much a take no kind of guy. Like he's got, he's got that fire. He wants to win. You know, there was that play where he was ISOed on Westbrook. Right. And while he got the foul, you could just see that like fieriness and how excited he was to be in that moment. Yeah. And like he doesn't seem starstruck. He seems like poised and be like, no, I, I belong. Right. And that's not to say that he's a finished product and he's not going to make mistakes. But just to be able to have that mentality is uh I would say a huge positive over the the self-doubt you see a lot of rookies yeah and i think hearing just hearing what Keontae said after like the first game like you know opening night at home against the kings he's a rookie it's his first Mm -hmm. nba game like probably a lot of nerves a lot of jitters and asking him how he felt after the game and um he was like honestly i wasn't nervous like i felt at home and he was like i know that i belong here and so i wasn't nervous i was like yep this is it i'm ready to go and it is just very nice and like not in an arrogant way to hear him uh, feel very much at peace and like ready to make mistakes and ready to learn. And so I'm I love that kid. He's a sweet boy and I he's been so impressive through I'm very, very high on him. Yeah, we're really high on Keontae right now. Um, one other thing that has not been going well, and I think the jazz would look a lot better had it been going well is Walker Kessler has had a really rough start to this season. This kid needs to stop being sad. That's and I think that is the number one thing. He's he's in his own head. He is absolutely in his head right now. (laughs) He is. I mean, just go out and play ball, dude. You're good. Incredible rookie season. He gets on Team USA. There is a ton of expectations uh, from him, from the team, from the outside mm-hmm. going into this season. And I think that 
He is so overanalyzing everything. I mean, his body language after every mistake is horrible. He looks despondent. He is. He is like after a win last night, he's not okay. Like, uh, and grand and like, understandably, like you know, if you look down at a box score during a blowout and you're minus thirteen, yeah, that hurts. <laughs> I just like, uh, as a Warrior fan, I'd like to apologize to you guys for Steve Kerr infecting him with Jonathan Kaminga disease. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a, that's what it is. It was a nefarious plot. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Warriors, is... the Warriors, you know, they yeah. see they, they see love a the... rookie. They love an exciting rookie, and then to make them really depressed in year two, just yeah. like uh, start them in the Western Conference Finals, and then they're demanding a trade in the second. Yeah, this is, this is all part of of Steve Kerr's dark Alan Dulles like yeah. plan to destroy uh, a potential matchup. Lakers fans are actually saying that about Austin Reeves, by the way, that because uh, oh, yeah. he looks so tired that Steve Kerr played him too much in FIBA, and it this was his plan. Apparently, <laughs> I'm just um, I think this is my new favorite conspiracy theory in the NBA. Yeah, that Steve Kerr is uh, trying to take out Western Conference players so that the Warriors can just look better. Okay, actually, yep, this is now canon. This is truth. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, Walker Kessler just needs very, very badly to. He needs he needs to have Ricky Rubio call him. You know the famous Ricky Rubio clip where he's just looking at his teammate. He's like, "Don't frown, smile." Yeah. <laughs> we the, play basketball. Mm-hmm. The problem with that though is Ricky Rubio is currently having problems changing. No, his we're not face. thinking about yeah. that. We're um, we're thinking about the positive and smiling. Yeah, that's actually yeah. a good really good point. <laughs> I just think right now you don't want Ricky Rubio calling a, another depressed person. It was a spiral, downward spiral. I think just, I think just that, walk- that clip alone. That's it. <laughs> don't talk to Ricky Rubio, just watch the clip. Just play the clip. <laughs> I think I think Walker's going to be fine. Like, I'm not worried yet. Again, five games into the season, I'm not worried about Walker. The good thing is that he's got guys like Kelly and Lowry and Will who are all like, man, you're fine. You're fine. Like, they are all yeah. very uplifting. They're not worried. And they're like, we know how good he is. And uh, and to be completely honest, all of them have also said, like, yeah, if Walker is going to, like, have like good games on the offensive end, that's on us. We don't run, like, post-up plays. We have to get him the ball. Right. And so, like, uh, the rest of the team is taking some of the blame for the offensive stuff. And on the defensive end, like, his timing is just like a teensy weensy bit off. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to get there. But right now he is going through it. He is. <laughs> I don't think that he really had a bad stretch like this in his rookie year. And so uh, we, need, uh, we, we need to launch the kisses for Kessler campaign. <laughs> Just give him a big hug and a big smooch and tell him everything's going to be okay. Yeah, he hard launched uh, recently uh, a girlfriend on Instagram. And so maybe she needs to give some smooches. Build your guy maybe up. Maybe he <laughs> needs to focus not on his girlfriend, but on bringing me a Waffle House to Salt Lake City. Maybe yeah. that's the problem, Walker, is that your priorities <laughs> are all mixed up. <laughs> It should be Waffle House number one, basketball yes, number, number two, two, and then girlfriend. 679. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Way down the list. Yeah. 
No, that's not true. Uh, shout out to Walker's girlfriend. I'm sure she's very sweet. I think she's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I am a little bit. I know. I mean, I keep saying five games in, and now I'm gonna go back on that. I'm a little bit worried that Ochai hasn't been able to kind of like imprint himself. You know, is that is that is uh is is that because of Ochai's performance, or is that because of, that the Jazz have such a log jam at that position? Yeah, I think. <laughs> It's a little bit of both, right? Like he's not getting the same playing opportunities that he would because like we're trying to figure out like where to play Talon and Colin constantly. Um I'm so I don't want to even talk about Talon anymore. You know what Talon's nickname is from now on? Calling him Talon the tank engine. Yeah. He was Tired good last year. Was he? I mean, he was good for the tank. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um Just, so mad. Yeah, I just feel like often last season we saw Ochai be able to kind of make a mark on the game without having the ball in his hands, you know? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, maybe maybe it's just I think the addition of John Collins is harder for a lot of the guys on the team than I anticipated that it was going to be. Everyone's trying to figure out like a different place to play. I think that's been difficult for Walker changing the spacing with John Collins on the floor. Yeah, I think, I that's, think that's a big part of it. That's been difficult for Ochai because, you know, him crashing the glass and going in for like weak side blocks and stuff like that. That's a little bit different when John Collins is in those spots. And so yeah. I think everyone's trying to find just a little bit of a different way to play. And that sounds like it's putting a lot of blame on John Collins. No, I think on if anybody's to blame, like it's Will Hardy, right? Like he needs to like make sure that these guys feel like they understand not only like their role in sort of a philosophical way, but like literally where they're supposed to be on the court. But I mean, this is exactly the type of stuff that we were talking about in the offseason after the the John Collins trade. Like when you bring in a guy who's going to have a significant role and play significant minutes, uh, the dynamic of the team is going to change and there's going to be an adjustment period. Yeah. And like, I think they're going to figure it out. I, I don't have a lot of worries. And again, we are five games into the season, a season that more than anything is still about experimentation and development and like figuring out the future of this franchise. Yeah. And I think also important to keep in mind, like, Will Hardy's job is many folds, right? But very specifically, like two of them are win games as much as possible, sure. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he knows that this is not a championship team. And so he has to keep in mind, like, all right, what am I going to need when this is a contending team? Yes. And so is he going to, like, sacrifice some wins maybe or sacrifice some some nights like having guys on the floor when he knows like oh this is a good moment for walker to learn through or this is a really good moment for lowry to kind of like have to play through a little bit of struggle and maybe we'll put some guys around him that he's not used to like mm -hmm. he's going to do those things because when this team is actually ready to contend you're going to need lowry at his absolute best walker at his absolute best right. probably colin Keontae, ochai and so like he's gonna let those guys struggle on the court more than he is like taking guys out of the game when it's not working and trying out some different stuff because right. those are the guys he needs to like develop. Mm -hmm. Um, 
another thought that I was having recently is, well, not a thought I was having, just something that I feel like I need to say out loud. I know that I've written about this, but fans have been mostly on Twitter. And so that's a s- small sample size and a certain, you know, online person. Knock it off. So they're so, so angry about Taylor Hendricks playing in the G League. Why? Mm-hmm. That's what rookies do. And like, who are you going to play him over? Yes. <laughs> like, shut up. So last night, idiot. He's not on G League assignment. He's with the Jazz playing the Grizzlies. It's a blowout. And um, Will Hardy plays. Omer Yurt seven. He plays Simone Fontecchio. Luca Shamanich is a DNP, but he plays those guys rather than bringing Taylor Hendricks in. And people are losing their minds. And here's what I'll say. Earlier in the day on the game that the Jazz played the Grizzlies, Taylor Hendricks took part in a two hour and 45 minute practice with the Stars. Mm-hmm. He absolutely ran his tail off. Now, not only is the medical team going to have something to say about that, but Will Hardy is not going to put him in to play three garbage time minutes. Like, it's not smart health-wise, and it's not useful, right? Like, Taylor Hendricks is not going to get the game reps that you guys want him to get if he's playing three garbage time minutes against Kenny Lofton Jr. <laughs> Can I uh, quote one of my favorite holy men? Yes, please. Mr. Uh, Uncle Baby Billy. Go outside, nerd. Yeah. Find a hobby. Sun is shining. There's guys that are like, I mean, he was a number nine overall pick. He's a lottery pick. He's not even with the team on a road trip. The stars aren't playing games and he's staying back. Yeah. The Jazz played a back to back against Phoenix and then they sat in their hotel rooms for a day while it snowed in Denver. Is that where you want Taylor Hendricks? Instead, he had two and a half hour practices with the stars and was actually on the court. He had coaches that are teaching him the system that the jazz are using. He doesn't get that if he's sitting in the hotel in Denver. Can I can I quote another one of my one of my people that I I like? Yes, please. Uh, rapper, poet, philosopher, Mr. Earl Sweatshirt. Mm. Sometimes Twitter makes me want to kill myself. <laughs> oh, Earl, he's so wise. Yeah, uh, if you're worried about Taylor Hendricks, then uh, you need to probably get yourself some, like, I don't know, like some blood pressure medication or, like, do some breathing exercises. Everything's fine. Yeah. I'll I'll just close out that tangent by saying this. Uh, Bryce Sensabaugh was the 28th pick. He's not playing, okay? It's just not happening. Bryce Sensabaugh is an insurance shooter if, like, three other guys break their legs. Um, so and the Jazz have 95 shooting guards on their roster. Right. Taylor Hendricks is not ready. It's just that simple. He's not ready. Why would the Jazz take him in number nine if he's not ready? Potential ceiling. Like that's they knew that he was not going to be ready when they took him. They knew that a lot of other people thought he was more NBA ready than he actually was. They fully expected to play him in the G League to start the season. Taylor fully expected. I mean, this guy didn't even think that he was going to be drafted a month before it happened. So, like, he was as surprised as anybody else. He is 19 years old. He's going to spend some time in the G League. They'll eventually get him some minutes. It's not happening right now. So, it's fine. The end. The end.
we have one more announcement that we should we should talk about. Oh yeah, along with the the roster with stuff, which is obviously still like, send us your rosters. Obviously, you can't do game one or game five anymore. But no, I closed them for all the games. Oh, they're don't, they're closed. Don't send us okay. your rosters. Yeah, then don't. We've, Never mind. Yeah, we've got we've got winners for games one and five. Uh, nice. We'll an, we'll announce the winners uh, at a later episode, but. Um, very, very excited for people to have sent those in. So great. Yeah. And then a uh, big announcement for the holiday season. We, as in uh, Sarah and I have teamed up with my Brigham Young Money cohorts and we're throwing a little meet and greet, little Brigham's bar bath uh, with our good friends at the Acme Bar in Sugar House. Let me pull up the actual address. It is going to be 837 East, 2100 South, Tuesday, December 12th. So come out, have some drinks. It's this really fun, festive pop-up bar. Wear an ugly sweater. And, you know, we're going to try to do some good. So bring either some canned food or some warm clothes or a coat or something. That'll get you in. There is no admission. Just Bring some donations that we can then send to our good friends at uh, either Salt Lake Mutual Aid or the Utah Food Bank. And yeah, we're just going to we're going to hang out. We're going to have some cocktails. We're going to shoot the shit and uh, hopefully do some good. So again, December 12th, starting at 6 p.m. Acme Bar in Sugar House, formerly Campfire Lounge. We are going to definitely try to do some good like we we want to meet you guys and hang out and talk basketball it's on a non-jazz night which means that i can actually be there very happy to do it with the brigham young money guys because they are obviously friends i mean one of them is sitting right here in front of me so we love those guys sorry about that (laughs) um but we want to we want to also make this a charitable event so please bring anything that you could donate to people who will need it and don't forget like this is very cold season it's utah so we want to keep some people warm too um yeah it's exciting i'm excited flyers uh we're gonna make flyers here really soon we'll blast it out on social uh, you know a bunch of stuff that you can share but yeah come one come all we want to pack that place and again uh admission is free just you know i know you have a can of black beans or something that you can bring you know, if you got a warm coat that your kid has outgrown, just, yeah, come and hang and let's do some good. We've got on the schedule for the Jazz coming up. They, like I said, we're recording this on Thursday. They play the Magic tonight. They should win um, that game. They should absolutely win that game. The Jazz are going out on their first long road trip of the season. They've got first up the Timberwolves, then the Bulls, then the Pacers, uh, then the Grizzlies again to close out that road trip. And that's the first in-season tournament game uh, of the year. Um, and so I am I still don't know what the in-season tournament is going to end up turning out, but I, I'm pro-fun. It's going to be fun. It's, it's going to yeah. be fun and chaotic, chaotic, and I'm all about that. Um, I think it's going to I think understanding how it works for like the team that you're following is going to be easy for fans. But trying to keep up on what's going on with all the other teams is probably going to be difficult. So as the month goes on, we'll try to, like, keep you uh, abreast of all of the updates. Um, Which group are the Jazz in? Who are they with? Uh, They're with Grizzly Suns Lakers Blazers, I think. Yeah, I think sounds right. Yeah. Um, and so that's a tough, <laughs> it's a tough group for it's, them to be. And in. there's, that's, 
<laughs> There's a much harder West one um, than that one for sure. Is it the one the Warriors are in? No, Games the Warriors, Warriors are in the easy one. Great. Uh, the Warriors have the Warriors are like more Steve on. Kerr trickery. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, Western. Yeah, did you guys know that Steve Kerr was actually in the schedule making group for the in season tournament? Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> I'm joking, that's not true. I'm not reporting that. Yeah, yeah. The Warriors are Warriors, Wolves, Thunder, Kings, Spurs. Oh um, man. Uh the and then the other one is Nuggets, Pelicans, Mavs, Clippers, Rockets. That's the hard Ooh, one. Ooh, that is murderer's row. Yeah. I mean, outside of the outside of the Rockets, but yikes. Anyway, uh, yeah, I don't really know everything like the ins and outs of the tournament, but uh, well, they like play Sarah. Tuesdays, Tuesdays and Fridays. Uh, have you seen the? Uh, the yeah, commercial? no, in yeah. November on yeah. Tuesdays and yeah. Fridays, those those are in season days. Uh, winners of their group will go into a knockout round, mm-hmm. and then the semifinals and finals to be played in Las Vegas. Uh, I think the second week of December. Great. You know what my Sounds problem fun. with this is. What's that? It needs a better name than just in-season tournament. Yeah, it does, because I keep calling it the play-in. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) In-season tournament is like a placeholder name. You're supposed to call it like the David Stern Memorial Tournament or whatever. Like, like they they called the trophy the NBA Cup. Let's just call the tournament the NBA Cup. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, why don't you do that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The in-season tournament is like the name that you give it when you want to explain it to a bunch of idiots and it's like yeah we get it you can too just many call syllables it- <laughs> yeah like hey guys we're starting this new thing it's literally going to be an in-season tournament like just call it the nba cup it's fine yep yeah love it cool all right <sighs> that was good guys good job i had fun mm-hmm. good job this um is, this is good you guys know what to do Rate, review, subscribe, download, do all of the things. You can follow Greg at Dad Sham Dad. You can follow me at NBA Sarah. You can listen to Joey Devine's other podcast, Round Ball Rock. We had Katie Heindel on this week and reviewed as many NBA Halloween costumes as possible. Nice. Uh, That's great. the entire episode. Katie's um, great. Yeah. yeah. Um. Also, Walker Kessler showed up to the jazz game last night dressed up as Kelly Olenek. And Very nice. That was hilarious. Very so. good. Good job, Walker Kessler. Was he playing trapped? Um, what? <laughs> Remember from the uh, that was one of the. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. From the from the Head jazz strong. playlist. Head yeah, strong. Yeah, yeah. Head yeah. strong to take you on. I got to get some details on that. We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk. Twitter. We're gonna talk jazz road playlists here on an upcoming Let's do date. It. Um. Anyways, please stay tuned also because we have some very exciting stuff coming up. So big watch the space energy. I know that we keep saying that, but we do have exciting things in the works. So I have a meeting next week. (laughs) Things are in motion. Continue to watch this space and we will talk to you next time. Exclamation point.